I have to tell the people about the Patreon. Yes, you do. Patreon.com slash SMDB. SMDB, like so many damn books. For just a dollar, you can join up and you get access to all the exclusive content that I record just for the Patreon. Also, you get to join the book club. The So Many Damn Books book club. It's been some of the best conversations I've had about books. It really always sounds like a blast. I usually like come home and just hear like giggles coming from the library. So it's a great time. You should join. And I would love to have more people join the fray. You may or may not know that Christopher runs this whole show himself on the hosting side, on the technical side, everything. This is a one-man show, truly. He does it all. Support your boy Christopher. Even at the dollar level really helps. So uh, join up patreon.com slash smdb i'd love to have you patreon.com slash smdb on with the show we love a good theft (laughs) (laughs) oh my god i like a non sequitur too clearly well yeah thieving is always good yes except for when it's bad so many so many so many damn books all right. Yes. This is the one, actually. This is the one. Uh-huh. I'm Christopher. I'm Drew. And this is So Many Damn Books, the podcast that celebrates reading. That's us. Um, that is one of our taglines. What's the, the other tagline is um, a blessing, a curse, a, a podcast. podcast. Ah, yes. It's been a while. Yeah. we on, on our business cards that we still haven't made. No. How many years have we been doing this? Uh, almost four. And that is four years without business cards, despite us. I think every single time we record, I say to you, I think we need to to make those business cards. We're doing well. We've made magnets (laughs) (laughs) before we made business cards. That's true. All right. Anyway, um, our Patreon subscribers know about the magnets. Um, Be a Patreon subscriber. We really appreciate it. Even a dollar a month on Patreon really helps us out. Yeah. Uh, You get cool stuff. uh, And at the $10 uh ten dollars a month that's not that bad um we send you stuff every quarter mm-hmm. um, and we have a really cool thing planned for this next one yeah it's really funny <laughs> sort of <laughs> <laughs> it's me funny <laughs> um and but so the question is who are you oh yeah and who are you and and why do we do this podcast at all right yeah We've, so uh, we've you told me that people asked you, right? Yeah, and it's just we've gotten a bunch of new listeners we recently, have, and yeah. we never did an introduction. Not really. We kind of just dove right in. Every now and then we um, we rehash our origin story, which we don't have to do again this time. No. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think it's a good thing to talk about like where we come from and our background-ish sort of... If you listen to the show, you'll realize a lot about our backgrounds, I think, but maybe we can be a little bit less oblique. Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. All for clarity. Or like semi-transparent. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Here's a question for you that I think is a good place to start. Great. Um, what is this <laughs> whiskey? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. So for the drink, yeah. for the drink today, whoa, topsy-turvy town. Um, we both decided that we would, like, what our go-to drink is. Uh-huh. Uh, and mine is is just the standard 10-year-old Talisker single malt scotch whiskey. Nice. Uh, uh, it's smoky. It's a little briny. Yeah, it's really good. 
Um, it's a little glassy. Yeah. I yeah. don't. I, I don't know what I mean by that, but I mean it. I do mean it. It's one of the you know you drink it and you're like, yeah, I see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then and I then made. What you got? So I made this. I make this drink all the time. I call it Putinesca, which I was just looking up the origins of this. <laughs> so I was. I had the lemony snicket um, definition in my head, uh-huh. which is just like making a pasta sauce with whatever you have. Uh, Putinesca, I guess, means in the style of a whore is what Wikipedia is telling me. That's right. that's the language they use. I guess uh, I can make that cognitive leap. Sure. <laughs> um, and there's some fun origin stories of, of uh, spaghetti putinesca if you want to look that up on Wikipedia. Um, but I think of putinesca as... I always have gin on hand. Um, I always have some mixer like Saint Germain mm-hmm. or uh, you know some liqueur that I'm, I'm sort of messing around with. So I usually put like some gin, a little bit of whatever that is to sort of like give the drink some body mm-hmm. and then uh some bitters some i'm realizing how much i've like really made drinking complicated for myself <laughs> uh citrus so citrus gin one of the, i used italicus that bergamot liqueur uh-huh. um, that i used for the fetch yeah and then um and then seltzer having a soda stream in your life I'm it, one of those people. It changes everything. So this is the Putinesca. So we, I'm drinking actually the whiskey too, and you're also drinking the Putinesca. Yeah, because so we share. We share things. We share books. We do. We do not actually see eye to eye on like a lot (laughs) of things, which I'm very surprised at still, even though it's been four years. Yeah. Because we do have similar tastes, but we don't like books for the same reason. Right. Well, it's and it's fun, too, to discover, like, I think you're going to like this book or like, oh, you're going to hate this book. And then in the moments when you're wrong and you're like, oh, yeah, it's it's not a it's not an easy um, it's not an easy prediction to make with you. I, I feel like I know and I don't anymore. Um, but you, I wonder if I wonder if we've psyched ourselves out too much. <laughs> well, here's the real question <laughs> that I that I this is leading into is what is your reading philosophy? Because I feel like you must have one. Um, I do. I guess it's a pretty simple one. It's I don't know that it's necessarily anything flashy or surprising. It really just is. I I want to read things that activate my mind in some way, mm-hmm. and that can be checking out for an hour uh-huh. and that can be like wow i really have to work to get through this mm-hmm. and it sort of just depends on on what's going on in my life at the time so can you explain then activate your mind because like what book what book doesn't activate your mind and you're like well like how does that happen well it i'm trying to i'm i've been getting better certainly over the course of the time that we've been doing this show but i've just in general in life i'm trying to get better about identifying the this didn't work for me thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that a book that doesn't activate my mind, it is not to say that that book is not mind activating. Mm -hmm. It's just that in the moment, whether it was something to do with what was going on in my life, something like the weather or just because the, the writing style didn't work for me. Mm -hmm. It's almost, I can tell you when it, a book hasn't activated my mind because I feel like I'm, I'm butting up against the pages. I'm not dropping into it. I'm not carried along. Any of those sort of trite metaphors that you hear about how you get brought through a book. Right. If well, I feel like I'm running into something, eh, 
this is something funny I that I've been I've done a couple times recently where um I recommend a book or I, I know someone read a book that I loved and I asked them what they think and they didn't like it. And then I, I one of my first questions is, wait, what did what book did you read before? First of all, oh, as yeah. though everyone has their reading <laughs> list. Like, ah, uh, yeah, oh, what, before this and after this, I read yeah. this book. No one knows that stuff. Um, and people are annoyed at the question. But <laughs> but the but I, the reason I ask is because like the last book you read before the one that you're reading, you know, it it changes how you're feeling about it. Absolutely. And you you chose your you chose your book, or at least in the way that we read, mm-hmm. you choose the next book a little bit based on how the le- last book made you feel. Oh, absolutely. And it, I think that, and and let me know if I'm speaking out of turn, but I think this is true for you too. Those moments where you get forced into reading something because of whatever kind of deadline, whether it's a self-imposed deadline or a show deadline, those can be moments. Sometimes it's great, but those can be moments where you're like, man, I just read this thing that makes me want to read something other than this, but mm-hmm. I have to read this. And and that can affect how you enjoy or don't enjoy the book. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm tired of homework reading. Yeah. In like a very big way. And I think this is something that's happened more recently, more, maybe this year. Oh, yeah? Um, Is I'm like pretty done with like, I have to read this and I'm going, I have to. Well, that so what's your reading philosophy now? Well, I think it's similar to yours. Uh, but I, what I'm trying to do is first of all see if the author is achieving the goals that it seems like they set out, mm. and mm-hmm. I, that's what I'm really looking for. And then I'm also trying to pick books where it seems like the author has good goals in mind. <laughs> sure, um, you know, and you know, thrilling me is uh-huh. a good one. Uh, adventures, I don't know. I, I've my my reading taste is still wide and varied, and and. You know, not doing quote unquote homework reading doesn't mean I'm not going to read difficult books. Right, right. Um, it just means like I'm not going to for like for a great example, <laughs> Exit West. I'm sure that's a great book. Mm-hmm. I'm absolutely positive that that's a great book. I'm not interested in the subject matter or the writing style. Right. So like, yeah, like a lot of people loved it and it was pressed into everyone's hands. Once won a bunch of awards and it even crossed our path in a way that we had to talk about it critically. Yeah. <laughs> and I still was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a little bit me being obstinate, but it's all, it's a lot like I, you know, am looking at my over 250 books that I own that I haven't read mm-hmm. yet. Mm-hmm. Over 250 you guys <laughs> and i'm just like i'm never gonna read all of these and i get more books almost every day yeah uh yeah i, I just handed I need you to, three i when need you walked to, into my apartment i need to be um you know more discerning right about what i what i open books and and so it's really funny though i'm saying all this and then i'm going to be reading something so silly um <laughs> like uh, let's do what you buy oh I yeah that's a good it. moment yeah So I bought The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina um, by Roberto Aguera. Aguera Sacasa. Sacasa. And uh, actually drawn, inked, drawn and uh, colored by Robert Hack. Oh, cool. It's one of the coolest art books I've ever. (laughs) And it's Sabrina as in Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Yep. As in the Archie Comics, um, you know, spinoff. And Sabrina is awesome. And this is like a horror comic. 
Like it's actually pretty scary. Hell yeah. And uh, I love Sabrina, and I'm I've gone way deep on Riverdale. I love it. <laughs> I love yeah. it so much. Oh, I man, may that's a lot. May not have bought a Jughead beanie. Of course um, you did. And it is, it's a it's a good beanie. It's a good beanie. Anyway, <laughs> so I bought a Jughead beanie and Sabrina the Teenage Witch, uh, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, and I love it. It's so good. Nice. That's um, awesome. Yeah. All right. So, and and this is literally this is like I this is what I'm thinking. What I was thinking about when I'm like talking about like yeah, I'm gonna choose this. I'm like yeah, I'm, this is what I chose. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So you, what about you? What'd you buy? Um, it just a week ago ish from when this episode airs was Saint Jordy Day, uh-huh. uh, which my fiance and I celebrate. Oh yes. So Drew and his. Uh, now fiance, but girlfriend Danny, and now we've been dating for basically almost as long as the show, a little bit longer than the show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you were just telling me about her when we first talked about anything. Yeah, isn't that wild? It's weird. Um, but so we celebrate Saint Jordy Day, which is Saint George's Day, Shakespeare's birthday, whatever. But in Spain, uh, couples exchange a rose and a book, mm. and so Danny got me descender um the volume one of descender this comic by jeff lemire illustrated by dustin nugent Mm -hmm. uh i know nothing about it other than it's like sort of way sci-fi robots have been banned and a young ai like sets off on a quest Mm -hmm. and then i got danny Meg Wolitzer's new book, The Female Persuasion. Oh, nice. And I got it at Books Are Magic, and Meg like doodled on the front uh, page and everything. And I was cool. like, nice. That's awesome. Um, that actually, that's a good question. Um, do you and Danny share books? Like, do you guys talk about the books that you read and then read each other's what you like, or do you read really separately? We do. We, um, increasingly too, I like, I try to read because I'm, I'm reading faster than she is i'm trying to like read in my own stream and then when she reads something and tells me that she loved it i try to drop that into my queue as quickly as possible both to be able to talk about it as like a couple book club thing but also you know she's i trust her recommendation over just about anybody's and Mm. so if she's like you will like this book i'm relatively positive that i will or at least i'm like super ready to give it a shot right do you do you and have we said Sarah's name on the show? I don't know. Sarah. All right. Do you and Sarah do that? Um, yeah. Well, we, one of our very first things, and we, I actually did talk about it on the show because I was in. Oh, yes. Uh, that we, uh, we switched books. She right. read the Harry Potter series and I read Anna Karenina, <laughs> um, which a lot of people are like, wow, you got the, <laughs> the short end of that stick. But since then, um, we've still, uh, we, you know, talking about books is a huge part of our relationship. Right. And, um, and what we're reading. And it's just, uh, it's just nice. It's nice to be able to talk about what you're reading with someone that you care about. Yeah, it is really nice. And it's, um, I try not to take it for granted because I've definitely like not had that. Right. And said it was fine. Well, wait, but so a question that I have for you and that it comes up every once in a while on the show. And if you don't want to talk about it, you don't have to, Uh, but you read for work. I do. And so, like, what is that? Spend my day reading. What is that like? How does that affect your reading for pleasure? So I'm a literary agent. Um, uh, I'm actually, my title is associate literary agent because I'm still an assistant. Um, And it does affect things quite a bit, um, more than I like to admit. Yeah. Actually. 
because when I first started the job, um, I just, it was before I'd like, um, dedicated my life apparently to only reading, talking about and writing books. (laughs) Um, and now that's all I do and it's great. And I, I'm not complaining in any way, but, um, it does, it does make me a little less inclined to pick up a book when I get home now. Huh. And, and I think that's not, um, it's probably cyclical. Right. Well, yeah, sure. And, um, I'm just, I'm, I'm reading a lot of slush at work and it's putting me in a terrible mood. And I'm pretty sure that like no books can possibly be good (laughs) after you get pitched. Like some of these pitches. (sighs) Anyway, I, I'm not gonna, I, not yours. If you're thinking about it. Uh, and you know, it's, uh, it's, a, it's an interesting job to be reading just with the mind of like, can I sell this? Right. And I have to be thinking about passion too. Sure. I have to be passionate and I have to think I can sell it. Um, right. And, uh, that's, that really, you know, it's, it's, it's an important thing that I have to like, think like I have to turn that off when I'm reading and not think about like, how could I sell this? Yeah. Um, cause I definitely think that it's just like you know kurt vonnegut doesn't need any help <laughs> <laughs> yeah right so yeah it does it does affect things but i like that all i do is read um most of the time that's nice um you read a little bit for your job but less books i mean i feel like you're you're in theater yes and <laughs> that's that's what happens ding yeah when you <laughs> mention the public uh and you know you i feel like that must affect your imagination as well it is. I mean, it's very strange. I work at the public theater in Manhattan, and I started out. I mean, my like theater trajectory is that I started out as a performer, uh, and I in college discovered what producing was. And when I got to New York, I started. I interned in the producing office of the public, and then stuck around and ended up relatively, relatively quickly. I mean, over the course of a couple of years, but I ended up working on our humanities series. So. It's funny, I work at a theater and I have increasingly less contact with the theater side of things. Right. I bring in theater artists, uh, but I'm also like bringing in authors and musicians and economists and politicians and pundits and chefs and whoever mm-hmm. to come talk about these things and engage with engage with the theater artists. Um, so while I'm seeing plays, like I used to see theater all the time. Mm-hmm. And that on the one hand that that really lit up my imagination because dialogue i think is the hardest thing to really nail Mm -hmm. and feel real like you can do dialogue in a heightened way and that's its own thing but in a play and in a book if people are talking and they don't sound like people who talk or who have ever talked you're kind of like that's not the point yeah (laughs) and so it it'll yank you out um and so more than anything like it's that but then I've, I mean, I've seen magical things happen on stage and they allow me to imagine the things that I'm reading. That's what I kind of figured. Yeah. I was, I was sort of thinking, I'm going to take this back to Harry Potter. Yeah. As everything always does. <laughs> um, but I was thinking about, uh, the, I, I, I still want to see, uh, the cursed child. Yeah. The cursed child. I know you, you just rolled your eyes. Um, but I really, I want to magi- see it for the magic. Yeah. I want to see the magic on stage because like, I just want another little, like, like a little shot, a little, right. little hit of, well, of, ma- of Harry Potter magic in my life. The flip side, I, uh, was very lucky and got to see both parts of angels in America a uh-huh. couple weeks ago. And my favorite stage direction of all time 
is Tony Kushner at the outset, like in the introductory notes, says, um, it's okay if you see the wires. It should just feel magical. Mm-hmm. And seeing this, like, there are these moments in that play, and I've seen the play a couple of times now, and so you can, it's always like when the flaming book shoots out of the ground. It's so clearly theatrical. Mm-hmm. But there is something about like, yeah, I can see the hinges and I can see the jet of flame and yet you're transported by it. Yeah. And that practical magic, man, there's nothing like it when you see that on stage. Yeah. Um, I feel like something that happens because of your job and also because of the way that we read Mm -hmm. is, um, is we just, I don't know if this happens to you, but people talk about a book that they're reading and there's a good chance that I've read it. Yep. Or heard of it. Oh, yeah. And talked about it with you on the show or had that author on the show. <laughs> and it's just like, I think that that is one of the one of the reasons. I mean, it's like it's like knowing all the sports scores or knowing right. like what movies are out. You know, like just having the working knowledge of also just all the books, mm-hmm. <laughs> as many as you can. It's fun to be able to, even if you, even if we've never read the book. Right. Just knowing about it, that it exists and knowing a little bit is like kind of great in yeah. our, in both of our jobs and conversation. Yeah, it's cool because you get to be you get to be a part of a cultural conversation and you get to do it like it's nice that we both read so widely across genre and across time mm-hmm. that we are able to engage even a little bit and be like, "Oh, I'm aware of this book even if you're aware of this book because you know this book and this book and this book." Mhm. I guess, I, you know, that gets at something that I wanted to talk about. Um, sort of like we have some like driving core philosophies of so many damn books mm-hmm. that are, you know, elastic. Um, but we <laughs> we think about them when we're when we're booking guests. Yeah. When we're deciding what books we want to read. Yeah. And, and highlight on the show. One 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 of the really big ones is we really wanted to be positive. Yeah. Um, we liked Isaac Fitzgerald when he took over BuzzFeed books. He sort of made a splash and said we're not going to cover books that we don't like yeah um yeah because negative like that's the that's the one, best way to kill a book is to not talk about it right um, yeah i mean that actually it's it does more than negative publicity because negative like hatchet jobs as bad as they are sort of for the soul there's also like you're gonna read that review you're gonna read and you, there's a chance you're gonna be like Psh, it can't be that bad yeah <laughs> <laughs> or you're gonna like that author's next book is gonna come around and you're gonna be like, I remember this person's name for some reason. Yep. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, it, but it's not talking about it where then it just Yeah. So so we wanted to be positive and we mostly are. Yeah. Um You you almost always are. I think I can think of maybe two times where you've just been like, I need to say how much I did not enjoy this. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Well, I also try to only do that with authors who aren't living. Right. Um, and so that's another thing is we just really try to read widely, kind of widely. We we skew literary. We do. But also, I mean, I was thinking about this the other day. Like, we've... It helps... Thank you, Lev Grossman, for bringing us basically the shtick of our show. Yeah. Because an author who has written the most literary of literary fiction might be like, I want to read this, like, obscure 100-page philosophy text and it's like okay also don't give all the credit to lev because that was my <laughs> idea was it wait was it really yeah well didn't he say i want to read you said i want to read uh mrs dalloway but i oh, and you no, said both. No, no, no i said i said 
hey, we should tell Love Grossman to come on the show and say we don't want to talk about the magicians. We want to talk about this Mrs. Dalloway essay that he wrote. Oh, right. And then, you know, through our machinations, we're like, maybe both. Oh, yeah. Nice work. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you have to give yourself the props that you deserve sometimes. That's true. That's absolutely true. So, yeah, um, that's another thing that I love is, like, turning everyone into readers, mm-hmm. like, and, and finding out people's reading, uh, p- especially authors. I, I like to know what they read because I feel like it's a huge part of, I mean, Jonathan Ames, our last guest. Yeah. Said, like, I mean, he literally reads a few of the books and he's like, I want to write one of these. Yeah. <laughs> which, which makes is really so cool. much sense to me. Right. I, I feel, I, I get that completely. Like, I read a thriller. I'm like, yeah, I want to write a thriller too. Totally. So I get that. It's um, it's neat too just to see what authors come to us with when we're like, hey, so you're going to come on the show. Here's the deal. Let us know. We're happy to help you pick. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it can be fun to pick because then we can sort of nudge people mm-hmm. in a direction. But it's sometimes there are just wildly surprising things where you're like, wow, you wrote this and you want to talk about that? Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think that was, re- I think it's really cool. Like um, a really good example of that um, is when you read A Little Life with Marie Helen Bertino. Mm-hmm. Um, because like her book was sort of like frothy and fun and like definitely real with real stakes and real characters. Right. But it wasn't like um, A Little Life, just devastation on every <laughs> page. So was, that was like a surprising pairing. Anyway. Yeah. So, so do we have any more core philosophies? feel like we do there's stuff that i'm always like no we we can't do that because of ourselves oh we want to stay we like that we're listener supported yes we don't have ads. listener supported patreon.com well i think SMDB. Uh, more this is a, a deeper fundamental thing but i think it's just it's about having fun like you and i will get annoyed at each other about things or we'll get annoyed at the world or we'll get annoyed that we have to read this book or whatever but at the end of the day we are able like this, this is, is fun. This is our, yeah. No one's making us make a podcast. <laughs> In fact, I'm sure there are people who are like, why are you guys still doing this? And the answer is, eh, it's, yeah, it's fun. It's fun. Because <laughs> life is, should be fun sometimes. Yeah. And this is fun. And we hope you have fun with us. Yeah. Uh, Reading is fundamental. That's not one of our core philosophies, but it felt right. No, it felt it felt good. <laughs> Do you want to say it again, or do you feel good? No, about I felt it? good about yeah, it. I, feel, I like that, that take. Nice I like that take. In the theater, you don't get multiple takes. You know? <laughs> oh my god, we're not in a theater. You know, darling, we don't <laughs> get multiple takes. Uh, all right. We read some pretty cool books. We recommend you take a look. So did you want to, you wanted to recommend a book or talk about like a, a oh, yeah, formative I was thinking, rating experience? I was thinking for our recommendations and we like, we can dive deep if we want to on this, but to, like, what is, is there, is there a book that you can sort of look back and be like, this is, this is the one, whether it's your earliest reading memory. Sure. Or it's the one... <laughs> No shit. Yeah. Cool. It's Fudgemania. Oh my God. That book like broke me for a little bit where all I could do was read Fudgemania over and over and over really yeah i read it 
at least I think I was thinking at the time I, re- I have the number 12 in my head. I think I was reading. It was like my 12th time in a row reading, reading it. Wow. And it's fudge mania. It's not super fudge, <laughs> <laughs> not double fudge. <laughs> it's fudge mania. Um, I think it's because like there's, there's like a funny, like, um, kindergarten romance between him and like the other five-year-old girl mm-hmm. and like, and then like, you know, I started to understand, um, the older brother, Pete, uh-huh. better. And I also just like, I can, I remember that book still. Right. Really clearly. I think it's because I read it 12 times in a row. <laughs> uh, and, and like, it was also like, I was trying to unlock it. Like, why is this so, why is this so good? Like yeah. I wanted to get behind it and figure it out and see how it worked. Um, and I felt like the only way to do that would be to watch it a hundred times in a row. Watch All right. It, read it. I can understand that. Mm-hmm. So that's that's probably mine. I mean, there are uh, there are other, of course, Harry Potter. Sure. Of course, um, I remember uh, Ralph S. Mouse, mm, um, mm-hmm. and just like the sort of magic realism of him, like getting on his motorcycle and <laughs> yeah. just being like, it can run and it's fine. Yeah. Uh, or Stuart Little, which is a really weird book. Really weird if book. You, if you go back to it and read it and it doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> and you think, E.B. White, man, you were a freak. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh so That's going to be the magnet. <laughs> uh, so those are mine. I'm, I'm done listing weird books now. Do you have one? So I just got to write this down. You were a freak. <laughs> um... I think for me, it's George's Marvelous Medicine by Roald Dahl. Good one, yeah. And it's weird because my memory is, and it is very distinct, uh, I was in second grade, and I had been reading a bunch of boxcar children books. Oh, yeah, those were so yeah. good. And my teacher was like, I think you should try this. I think this will be a challenge for you, Like, mm-hmm. but I want you to put the effort in, and I want you to try it. And I remember feeling like I had to work for it Uh and at times being like, I don't think I get this, but that there was something there that kept drawing me back Mm -hmm. to it. Like, I think my life could have taken a very different turn if I had been like, screw this, Mm. reading's dumb. But instead, there was something about that book that just caught me and I was like, wow, what is happening inside my brain right now? Mm -hmm. And yeah, there are... I mean, all of the Roald Dahl books. Yeah. My, I think mine that's kind of like that is Danny the Champion of the World. I mean, I loved Ooh. and reread um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. And it's Charlie in the Chocolate Factory, by the way. Yes, it is. Not Willy Wonka. And then Charlie in the Great Glass Elevator. Which is a garbage sequel. And I hate it. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe in the fullness of time, I will return to it. But I still look at that cover and get mad at it. Because <laughs> I was just like, there's no chocolate. <laughs> there is no chocolate. There's yes. no candy of any kind. What a jip. Yes. Um so yeah, uh Roald Dahl. We that's a weird man too. He and George's Marvelous Medicine is like even weird by his standards. Yeah. He's a weird guy. But yeah, and then you know, the doorway opens up and you can go like I there's a thing that Pitchfork does where they ask musicians to do like oh, five, five, ten, 10 15. fifteen. Yeah. I would love to do that for books. Yeah. Because I can, like, okay, George's Marvelous Medicine, Redwall, and then you, st- like, Pern, and you start to sort of build up, and you can you can get a map of a person mm-hmm. by the things they read when they read them. Yeah. 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 <laughs>
Well, hopefully this was fun to listen to. And if not, uh, if we've got we've got reading. We've all got reading to do. I'm so. offended. Think that this and all is bended. And oh no, that's a tempest. Sorry. The clapping. Yeah, at the end where he's like, you got a free. Oh no, they both do it. They both ask you to clap at the end of the play. Just like, yeah, it's. It, you, Thank you. It's over yes, now. it's over. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is over. It is over. Oh wait. Uh, people responded to my. My primal scream for for <laughs> iTunes reviews. And oh yeah, I love it, and I really appreciate everyone who went and jabbed five stars, and also that they jabbed into their keyboard some nice words about us. We really appreciate it. It's it. great. If I haven't seen it, I reliably Christopher has sent me a screenshot with just like some exclamation marks. Yeah, it's great. Um, because I love it so much. So go we to, love you. Yeah. So we love you, and uh, we will be back in two weeks with a really cool one. Yeah. Uh, I won't even say who it is. Yeah, we like to tease y'all. Also, we don't always quite know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Surprise! <laughs> surprise. It's also a surprise to us. Yeah. Uh, bye. Bye. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she started to figure out how to use that light switch, which is terrifying. That's weird. They can open doors. <laughs> uh, that's um, that's a Steven Spielberg movie reference. Yeah, it was, but it was like... Uh, it was Sam Neill's character as played by Christian Bale as Batman. Yeah.